Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today, we're in the second letter of Peter. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, starting off in chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. For this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness, and goodness with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. For if these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being infected and unfruitful ineffective, sorry, and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For anyone who lacks these things is short-sighted and blind and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble. But in this way, enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which will richly provide, which (laughs) I can't read today. Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. There we go. Sorry. Same chapter, verses 16 through 20. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses to his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father, when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Chapter two, verses one through three. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive opinions. They will even deny the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Even so, many will follow their um, lascivious ways, and because of these teachers, the way of the truth will be maligned, and in their greed, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Their condemnation pronounced against them long ago has not been idle, and their destruction is not asleep." chapter 3 1 through 2 this is now beloved the second letter i am writing to you in them i'm trying to arouse your sincere intention by reminding you that you should remember the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the commandment of the lord and savior spoken through your apostles verses 8 and 9 do not ignore this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day the lord is not slow about his promise as some think of slowness 
but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Hmm. The second letter is generic also, as was the first, because it's throughout, you know, churches in Asia Minor. I find it interesting that Paul states his purpose for, I mean, Peter states his purpose for the letter toward the end. I read it in chapter three. He wants them to be aware of the false teachers and teachings that are out there. So he's reminding them in this letter that you know what you've been taught. And then he points them back to what he's been taught what they've been taught and that's in the first part of the letter so to me he sort of um, reverse engineered the letter you know he's not stating the purpose up front but toward the end and providing all the meat of the letter up front which is you know his technique I guess (laughs) he begins the letter by leading them down a long road of you know goodness and knowledge and then if not knowledge then self-control which to me sounds like his take on the fruit of the spirit then he reminds them that this is what they are to seek. This is what they are to be doing, to, to seek endurance, to seek self-control and knowledge and goodness, good knowledge as he calls it. In other words, their behaviors, their attitudes, this is how they are to be as Christians. He gives um, a defense to them that he is an apostle who is an eyewitness to Jesus. And that the doctrine which they have been preaching and the instruction that they have been given, it's not from them, but it's God-inspired, which gives the authenticity and the divine-inspired word of God credibility, right? He's like, we were eyewitnesses. We saw Jesus. We're not making this up. This is what we've been inspired to do. So you can, you can believe what we're saying. You can, you can know this as fact. This is what you are to base your your faith on. And all of that then leads to his point in telling them in chapter 3 of do not be swayed. Do not be swayed by what they hear, what that is contrary to the teachings that they have heard through him and the apostles and Paul as well, the mocking of the doctrine. Don't be swayed by that. I think this is a short, sweet little letter um, that basically says, keep going the course that they're on. Don't look to the left or to the right. Just stay focused on Jesus. Everything that Jesus has promised will come to pass. All that is written in the word of God in the Old Testament for them back then will come to fruition. Christ will return. And then he talks about, you know, now Christ will return. But even though, you know, we know that he's going to return, don't get disheartened because It won't happen immediately. It hasn't happened immediately because God operates on a different timetable. However, stay the course. Who needed to hear that today? To stay focused on what God has called you to do. There will be people who try to get you off your course, right? And it can be intentionally or it could be unintentionally. I mean, we don't know. But there will be people who try to dissuade you. In times of distress or discouragement, those are the times that we really need to lean in to God. We lean into him like we discussed in the previous episode because we are the salt and we need to maintain close proximity with Christ so that we don't lose our saltiness. In remaining close with him, that's how we gain our strength. 
remember the joy of the Lord is our strength and what he joys you know brings joy to him is us delighting in him and spending time with him so when you lean into God you get strengthened for the challenge ahead I want you not to forget that the battle has been won and the enemy knows that the battle has been won but what he's banking on is that you don't know the battle has been won so all of the scenarios and the challenges that we're facing that God allows to come you know into your sphere of influence remember is he does that because he's bringing out the fruit of the spirit in you but he also wants you to also know that you've already won for you to have confidence in that so you're not fighting anything you're standing ground We're occupiers of this ground because, right, the kingdom of God is in us. So we're standing ground. We're not fighting the enemy. Jesus already defeated him. We don't have to do anything like that. We stand firm on the land that God has given us, on the promises that God has given us. And that's from the authority that we have in Jesus Christ that we stand. And so we stand firm today. So in this letter, whenever you think of 2 Peter, I want you to think of standing firm. And I want you to realize you can stand firm today. Leaning, lean into God. Let him minister to you. And remember that you aren't fighting. You're just holding ground that's already yours. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the reminder of you've already got this battle. You've already won it. And all you've asked us to do is to remember that, to walk by faith knowing that you've already defeated the enemy and that we are sealed in your presence, that we are citizens of your kingdom. And as citizens, we are here to just occupy, to allow you to use our lives so that others will draw near to you, that we don't have to fight the enemy because you've already done that. But we can speak to the enemy and allow him to know that we aren't the ones who aren't aware that we have the knowledge of knowing that the battle has already been won. And we also know that whatever we face, Lord, that you face it with us. And that as long as we keep remembering that you have won this battle and that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, that you will use whatever challenge that we face today for our good. We love you and we thank you for reminding us that you've given us power. You've given us love and you've given us a sound mind. And this we thank you for. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, my beloved caregivers and everyone out there, I want you to remember to stand firm because you have the authority in Jesus Christ. We love you and go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.